Welcome to the Men of Iron podcast. If you're a healthcare provider, entrepreneur, and or businessman and are experiencing the midlife triangle of chaos, marriage, kids, business, and one or more areas of your life across your body, being, balance, and business are burning to the ground or you simply feel lost, this podcast is intended to provide light, a GPS, if you will, back to thriving. And now the host of this podcast, a chiropractor, athlete, father, husband, warrior certified trainer, and the head coach of Men of Iron, Dr. Ryan P. Doyle. He's going to record and you may record back as well. If awesome. Uh, that, I'm, I'm, I'm checking. That may be beyond my pay grade. No, no, don't worry. I've got this recorded. All right, cool. Uh, so we lose any of the uh, the. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, as long as you're getting it, it's 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 done, been got. Yeah, I got it. All We're right, gonna... cool. <laughs> all right, so listen. Yeah, thanks for joining uh, on Saturday morning for crying out loud of all times for us to get together. But listen, you and I have had these conversations probably more privately than anyone else or anywhere else. Um, and one of the things that stands out for me, one of the reasons why I'm so attracted to the work you do and the, the easy personality that you and I both kind of share is that we both run along, not an identical, but a kind of, uh, 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 there's a- Certainly uh, parallel. A parallel journey of sorts yeah. along human behavioral psychology, which has included the likes of uh, Dr. John Demartini and, and Nima Romani, and there's there's all these different parallels. But here, listen, what's going to help, I think, people on, on my side of the fence that are listening to this is just a, a like your, your quick, how the hell did you get where you are story? And then I'll, I'll revisit a little bit. My wife and I were talking about this a little bit on the way home last night. And we, I had a couple of new epiphanies about mine as well. But let's start awesome. with yours. How the okay. hell did you get here, Larry? So um, let, let me start out by saying that um, I come from a long line of medical people. And um, I was an undergrad studying physiological psychology at Stony Brook. Um, Need, need to, it, it's pertinent that there was, uh, let's just say there was mental illness slash behavioral challenges, uh, a feature in my family. So that my undergraduate studies really involved as much trying to understand me and, and the family that I found myself born into as anything else. Then, um, I was studying physiological psychology, which is all about how the nature of the structure of the nervous system determines your perception of reality. And I was asthmatic and allergic and living on antihistamines and cortisone, medical, you understand. And um, I had this, uh, this weird thought that maybe what was wrong with me was my nervous system didn't, did, was somehow confused about how to breathe. and so. I looked to see what kind of neurologist you'd have to go to to, uh, to, to, to find out the answer to that problem. And I found out that there were these, these doctors called chiropractors 
And the only thing I knew about them at the time was there, there was one of them who practiced around the corner from my house, some kind of doctor, and you don't go there. <laughs> some sort of voodoo. Yeah, you, you don't go there. <laughs> and so um, my, my mom married my stepfather. We moved, and I, and I, and I, and I go see this other guy, um, a, a nice Jewish doctor named Miles O'Reilly. And, and, and he examines me in, the, in this way that no one has ever examined me before because he, he was evidently one of the pioneer applied kinesiology SOT docs in town and was using, you know, the um, energy, medicine. energy medicine when nobody knew what it was. Yeah. And so he had these, these, these blocks that he stuck under my pelvis and this little thing that, that sounded like a stapler that he'd click on my back. And, and the weird thing happened was over the course of 90-ish days, um, I started to be able to breathe okay. I thought, this is weird. So because I come from medical background, um, it's time for my annual physical. I go see the family internist. He's listening to me breathe and he says, you sound really good. What are you taking? <laughs> and I said, what kind I said, of poison are you giving? It? Yeah, right. No, no. What new? What new medicine? What? Because you sound great. Because remember, old asthma, allergies, blah blah blah. And I said, no, no. I went to see Miles O'Reilly. He gets up. He slams. The, he closes the door to the treatment room, and he says, "I've heard about him. What's he doing to you?" And I said, "Well, I, 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 I don't really know. I cannot it's really magic explain. wands and voodoo." He's, he's got this thing I hear the sound of a stapler and he makes me lie on face down and he puts these blocks under my pelvis I have no idea and he says well whatever he's doing it seems to be working keep going so needless to say when I decided to go and uh, think about a career in chiropractic the family was less than enthusiastic because, you know, I mean, what are you talking about? I don't want to give you dentures. My, my, well, see, my, my, my stepfather's a dentist. All right. I come from a long line of medical people. And um, my mother says, what am I going to tell the relatives? My stepfather, imminently more practical, calls his accountant up and says, Larry's thinking about going to become a chiropractor. And the accountant says, well, I know some chiropractors that make more money than orthopedic surgeons and, and, and some of them that struggle, but Larry's pretty bright and he's pretty verbal. Uh, I, he'll probably do okay. So um, I went yeah, to New York. You did do okay, didn't you? Dude, I, <laughs> um, I have been blessed with an amazing career. Um, I, 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 I owned because I was taught the concept of um, attracting demand in excess of my ability to supply. And so my experience as a, as a chiropractor was rather, uh, from what I have come to know over the years, somewhat atypical because I never experienced a lack of new patients. In fact, my, my practice experience was really quite the opposite of that. It was more like uh, pardon me, but what am I going to do with all these people? They keep coming. 
the more successful you became, something happened, didn't it? It, it, it became, um, my mantra became, because when, when, when you're the typical guy who stands in the front of the room and teaches you, you know, motivational stuff in chiropractic, you know, it's like um, more is more, more, more. And what they don't prepare you for is what my mantra degenerated into was, if I have to keep running back and forth like this from room to room, and take care of all this staff stuff that was going on. If I have to do this for the rest of my life, I'll go out of my mind. And, you know, um, mantras are non-judgmental. They're non-discriminatory. So when, when you keep saying that, needless to say, I, uh, I temporarily, some would say temporarily, <laughs> went out of my mind. And, and Larry, in, let's not fool anybody. You're still out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I resemble that remark. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. You do so, <laughs> yeah. So, I'm sorry so uh, you up. it's fine. No, no, no. So in, in 1993, um, over the course of a 90 day period, I, um, I got sued in a wrongful death malpractice suit. Um, uh, we had this uh, minor climactic event called Hurricane Andrew, and, and I come to realize that the mother of my child, who was also my office manager, I don't recommend that, by the way, um, it, that if we stayed together, one of us or both of us was going to die at the hands of the other one, more likely. So Hurricane Andrew comes, and it, it occurs to me, occurs to me. In moments of desperation, it seemed like the solution was to consume massive amounts of alcohol with the pills that the, psych that the psychiatrist was giving me. Because, you know, the, the little iridescent label orange thing that says, do not consume alcohol when taking this medication. <laughs> no, I've never seen that before. Yeah, somehow <laughs> it did not occur to me that that rule would apply to me. So, um, so in the midst of all of that, um, and I'm getting a divorce and blah, blah, blah. And two dear friends of mine tell me that this man, John Martini, is coming to put on a program called the Breakthrough Experience at their house. And maybe I ought to come. What year was that? That was 1993. Yeah. So um, I went and I would have to say, if I were going to sum it all up, the rest is history. Because in John, I found a kindred spirit. In John, I found a, the first of many mentors. In John, I found someone who could point me in a direction for how to harness and find the answers to the questions that were plaguing me. Could you, if you had to describe that to somebody, would you say that in the presence of John, you found a light? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, in John, I found someone, because th th this, is, this is part of the lesson, I believe, is that in order to find the light to have a path, you need someone who is at least a little more 
awakened than you are. And, and in John's case, it was a lot more awakened than me at the time. And, and, and I would have to say in fairness and mutual respect to both of us, I've made a lot of progress and continue to, and so does he. And so he continues to be more than a little more awakened than I am. <laughs> And and and, th and and that you you, you got to understand um, for for those uh, so I was the guy you hated in 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 uh, school because I have a virtual photographic memory um, I made studying look easy and and I love to read and I love to learn and I love to assimilate and I love to innovate. I understand. And, I'm and, that. I yeah, get that. Yeah. Yeah. I, same thing with the exception of the photographic memory. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I get erased every 13 <laughs> seconds. And I'm like, what? What? What was that again? Say that one more time. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, in fact, it's interesting about that photographic memory. I, I, uh, I guess it must have been a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm visiting my, my mom and my stepfather, and um, he's overheard me on a, on a client call, and it was the first time he'd ever kind of overheard what it is I do now. And, and I came out of the room and he says to me, where did you learn all that stuff? And I blah, 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 blah. And then I said, very matter of factly to me, well, you know, I have a virtual photographic memory. And he went, oh, that explains a lot. Because <laughs> when your mom and I first got together, I'd hear you say stuff and go, God, it's weird. It's like he's reading from the book. Because <laughs> there was another guy in Cairo school with me who also had a photographic memory. And we would have these lighthearted conversations, uh, dis disagreements, if you will, about on what line on the page the information was that the answer to the question was. was Hilarious. Yeah. So, so... Nope. Needless to say, you kept along the path. You studied with John. I studied with John. I studied with Scott Walker, neuroemotional technique. I studied with Nima. I studied um, 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 eligible, uh, certified eligible in neurolinguistic programming. And I, I, you know what? I, I don't even. I don't it even. It never ends, man. No, no, no. It, ne it never ends because my passion really is empowering people to go really and truly from stuck to unstoppable opening and, up opening up that door yeah. that is dark and scary see the power on the other side of it i, I see that yeah. in you man yeah. i see it so now now like from, from my listeners yes um, help them to understand you've gone along this path from pain and pills and complete nightmares situations through to significant success but like i said there is a piece of you i think if i remember the story that you and i were talking about it was just slowly being inside and you recognized that there was this i don't know this the the voice that was inside of you we can talk more voodoo shit if we want but the reality of it is is that there was something inside of you that was saying you're off purpose i believe is the story yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so led you to move away from an extraordinarily successful 
practice and something that you believe in and yeah. you you teach and you love, but you walk away from doing something that we're all trying to empower people. Well, what, what's more, what's, what's, what literacy is bullshit. What's more accurate is when Hurricane Andrew happened, it leveled the, the terrain here in South Florida. And so since it was not really um, any more my passion, the thought of investing time, energy, and money and building it back was like ludicrous no. to me. Yeah. So the question became, okay, what are you going to do now? And so between studying with John and studying, Scott Walker had a program it was called congruent consulting and when i saw when i attended the program the the model was very much like uh, as far as the business model was very much like a um a uh, a psychiatry practice model and so between the psychiatry practice model and the seminar style model, because I'm trained Demartini method facilitator as well, I, I began to craft what is now the Goodman Factor. Because, uh, uh, and how it got to be called the Goodman Factor was a client now many years ago made a referral to me, he called me up and he said, blah, blah, blah. I got somebody and somebody needs the Goodman factor. And I went, the Goodman factor. <laughs> what, 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 even, what is the Goodman factor? What, what even is that? <laughs> and, and he said, oh, that's the thing that happens to somebody when they stop listening to the stuff that's in their brain from where they came from and start listening to the stuff that you put there. And I thought, you know, this, this is brilliant. Can I use that? <laughs> and something tells me you've done exactly that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, walk, and, us through, and, walk us through what you can share with, with my audience or our audience here. Yeah, sure. Walk us through, like, like who does this help and, and where do they start and where do they go to? So um, I, I'm, I'm going to say something that I recognize and apologize in advance if it sounds audacious. but. If you're breathing, it can help you. <laughs> and, and, and here's what I mean by that. Um, um, Brene Brown talks about your life in terms of your shitty first draft. You know, the story that we live in, that we hold ourselves hostage with it. Mm -hmm. And so what I work to do is find out where somebody feels that they're in prison. And then we dissect, if you will, um, how that happened, you know? And, and then from there, we start to tweeze apart the, the, um, the value system that not just the one you were born into, but the one you were born with, and, and, and start to really sort out like why it is you're here on planet Earth. 
And so then in, in a very organized, segmental way, very tailored to the individual, we see where you're not aligned, where you're like, you're you are putting you the square peg in the round hole because mother, father, teacher, preacher said that this is- Pause you just for a second. Of course. So this was part of the conversation that I had with my wife driving home from our date night last night is when I recognized that I was off course, I, it's taken me 15 years to recognize that I was off course. Um, I started with Dr. John Demartini, I believe it was around 1997. Um, and I studied the hell out of it. And it was the first time that I also saw the light. And there's this, this, it was like a freedom, yet a goodness in my belly that was like, I see this guy. The, pa the pain and the pleasure, yeah. Yeah, I, he was doing what I wanted to do, but I didn't see the light or the, the, the connection between the two pieces, and I got disconnected. Anyway, 10 years ago, I looked at my wife and I said, honey, I don't, I, I don't know how to describe this to you, but I don't feel anything. I don't feel excitement. I don't feel pain. I don't feel joy. I just don't feel. And that was now that I look back at it, it was the first sign that, that my wounded inner little child is inside of me going, you're off course. Then I had to go to the opposite extreme. Then I had to go to where he was kicking and screaming inside of me going, you yeah. are off course and yeah. you are going to die. Yeah side of your psychological prison that you are holding it and then and then you're holding everyone around you prisoner and you're blaming them all for the, for the yes yes you're feeling on the inside and yes. you're going to be a wrecking ball or as my wife likes to describe it a rhino in a china shop so mm -hmm. that's exactly the same sort of line is that yeah. we're constantly being provided with feedback that's inside of us and when we have these things we what happens that i've observed and i think that you'll share this is that we either run away from these signs from the voice we sit from them which is a big one that we often do because we yeah. based on what society and mom and dad and everybody around us is that we should do this is the direction we should go in we we should martyr us in order to provide and give it to the, the people that are around us while we die on the inside and then say. So much so that truth that I remember having the conversation with my loving mother and, and she does, she loves me. And, and when I was describing that situation to her, she said to me, because one, one of the ways I described it was, I was over it being a, a, a brick and mortar yeah. tradition. And, yeah. and she looked at me like, what do you mean over it? What, what, what does that even mean? And then she said, what really struck me, she said, do you think your father loves going to the office and, and, and continuing to do this dentistry thing? <laughs> and I went, I, I don't know, but I'd like to think so. <laughs> On the other side of that fence, I do believe, because this is another um, uh, continuity in our, our lines, my father 
is also a dentist, and <laughs> and, and and you know and you know and you know Nima's brother is a dentist. Yeah, well, and he's got like five clinics right now. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. my father had a sparkle in his eye when he talked about dentistry. He was one of those dentists that that the practice wasn't doing this. The practice was it was his art, it was his passion, and there was something that I absolutely respected about him going no. I don't need five do doctors in my practice. I don't need all this. He just loved his art. And still to this day, he's retired, and, and there's not a day that goes by where I'm not hearing him say, I wish I still had my license, because it was his passion. I just don't think that he wanted to run it the way that he was and didn't see the connection between the and, and you know, And you know what? More power to him if he got to live it that way. Totally. I, I know that in my world, in my family life, did you ever see the movie with David Bowie, The Man Who Fell to Earth? I did not. When you can, watch it. It's the Man Who Fell to the Earth. The Man Who Fell to Earth. It, he, he literally, he's a spaceman. And he literally falls down to planet Earth from space. And he literally does not fit in. <laughs> and he's given all the gifts you could possibly need to secure a financial future, and, and, and he's just miserable and gets more miserable. And at yep. the end, all he wants to do is go home. Yep. So... Where is home is the question. Yeah, well, okay, so... Let's get home, you back on track. Yeah, home, track. it's okay. Home is where the heart is. In my in my world, in the people I get to work with, how understand, Doc? How how is it? Because how many times did you and I ask ourselves, "Where's home? Where's home? Where's home?" Everybody that I know is trying to figure out where home is for them. Yet we deny the voices that are coming in, saying, "I'm not feeling. I'm not excited. I'm not moved." When I'm you stop denying, when you stop denying it and start paying attention. In the immortal words of Yogi Berra, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. <laughs> it's, it, it you're, you're not crazy, pay attention. And find yourself someone who has the right skill set to help you translate what it is your essence is trying to tell you. Hey, gotta pause you one more time because that yeah. rings one more. Okay, yeah. so that that find someone piece. Yeah. Not I did not understand that when I was younger. I did. Yeah. I our brain was programmed to go to high school and university and yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, what I didn't understand was when I came out of school, I thought, all right, well, next thing is a practice, and then yes, the next thing is a house, and the next thing is a four hundred one k, and the next thing been, is been, a, been there, done that, all, all of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. never taught. Well. It's not that I wasn't taught. In fact, I was probably more encouraged by my family than anyone else to invest in myself. But I didn't understand um, where taking money that is no longer serving me, whether it's a house, a home, a, a stupid investment in other people that doesn't align with my values, taking that money and investing it in me to figure out more about me was yep. the next step. And that's the piece I can't describe enough to, to somebody. I, for a long time, Larry, I would sit there and go, I'm failing because 
I'm giving away all these things that I've accumulated because I'm on this journey of I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And in the end, it was me finding the different people along my way that were yep. asking me tougher questions that I had the audacity to ask. The next so book I'm writing, the next book I'm writing next year for 2020 is called Powerful Questions. And, and it's about just that. It's about the willingness to ask the questions of yourself and be held accountable for coming up with not an answer that placates you, but an answer that resonates with you, that oh. makes your heart sing, and that then, with proper guidance, you can extract from it what your next game is, right. what your next purpose is. And along that, I love that you're coming up with that because everybody, everywhere I've ever gone, motivational, everything has always gone along the lines of be do have. I get that from a very superficial level, but when you don't understand the be part, when mm -hmm. you're unclear as to from the heart what the I am statement is, the part is almost impossible to follow because you're just- So, let me, so let, me give, let me give you a case study, okay? I've, I've, got a, I've got a client now who, from the moment we started working together, uh, she is a person of means. So it wasn't, oh, there's a special place in hell for people who have enough money, have enough business success, and they discover that that didn't do it. <laughs> because place in hell. Place well it is because if, if, if you got enough of this and you got enough of this and that still didn't do it you can no longer delude yourself that more of it is going to do it I know but we chase after more of it yeah, yeah of course yeah so anyway th this person we started working together over the course of where we're now into the anyway um, she's passionate about dogs, uh, dogs, and passionate about them to the point of bordering on obsession. Right. And so what, what does somebody do with that passion? So first she worked at a dog rescue and blah, blah, blah. And lo and behold, last summer, as we were continuing with the questions and the work that we were doing, um, my wife and I were on vacation over the summer and several people, no, a few people, two is a couple, three is a few, however many four is, whatever the adjective for that is, I am fine. Um, their dogs either got very, very sick or sick to the point had to be put down while they were on vacation. And they were, needless to say, heartbroken. So a light bulb went off for me in knowing my client. And I said, we, we, I gave her the homework, because that's the beautiful part of this work is, yeah, I give homework. And then if you do it, you'll get out of it what you put into it. Um, yeah. So she began to discover what an industry there is in the care of pets. And so 
we, we have crafted a very high-end personal care for your pet while you go on vacation, up to and including, you get daily video of your dog, so you know that they're being cared for, and, and all, of the, all, of the any, all of the anything that the most loving pet owner could possibly want so they could rest and enjoy their vacation. And she gets to be with the dogs, which she loves. So it's, it, yeah, yeah. And so that's an example of taking a transformation, getting someone to recognize and identify their purpose, their mission, their values, et cetera. And then, and this I think is key, and, and yes, this I got, um, John, all, uh, why, sh the notion that we get that you, sh that you need to put your passion on the shelf somewhere and work a job that you hate until you can amass enough resources so you can stop doing the job you hate and mm -hmm. do what you'd love to do. John's affirmation that I have been affirming myself since 1993, that, and, and, and I, I recognize its, its metaphysical transformational powers is, I do what I love, and I love what I do, and I am magnificently well compensated for it. And I am that I am. The, 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 in align with that, courageously creating a line with your values and your mission statement. Yes. It's the bold step that most people are unwilling to take. And um, when, when we look back into our past, some of our greatest gifts have come from the doors that we've walked through that have created the most anxiety and pain inside of us. Yet we're unwilling to go through that pain again to get those same results in our life. It's one of the hardest concepts to explain to somebody I say the, the light, the, the life that you seek is just on the other <laughs> side of that fear and that pain. And if you will hold my hand, because this is, this is a lot of what I do with people. If you'll hold my hand and be willing to be held accountable to do the work, you can have a life such that I call the two-day program that I do your goodest life. Your goodest life, cool. You can have your goodest life. Larry, when is, when is your next goodest life program so that everybody... Well, in the immortal words of John Martini, when 12 or more gather, it can happen. Um, I have it structured in such a way that people can host it. That, that way that has worked well enough for John for 40 years is working well, very well for me as well. And if people want to find out how they can host, they can reach you at, at, at your contact place. They can reach me at um, goodmanfactor.com or drlarrygoodman.com. And you can either make it happen or we're planning the schedule of the, of the, of the, the definitely scheduled events for next year. Uh, I usually do that between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas just to kind of plan out. 
the, the event horizon for the next year. And, right. and so you, you can get that. Um, the other one that I'm really proud to finally have created, I call the, the next live event that comes after that is called Pivotal Moments. And what we do in Pivotal Moments is those events that took place in your life that you think are the reason why you're stuck in the inspired words of Nima Ramani, when you really grasp that your mess is your message, we take it one step further with people. And once you dissipate the emotional charge on it, what we then do is act out what you think the ideal scene would have been. Because, you know, we all carry around this story that if I knew then what I know now, <laughs> I'd have handled it differently. And then we don't. <laughs> well, and, and, and I discovered part of the reason why we don't is we don't know how. Amen. <clears throat> so in a safe space with a bunch of other like-minded individuals and yours truly as the facilitator, we literally go through and come up with when I say a better way, the one who determines it's a better way is you. And the way you determine it's a better way usually sounds something like this. The feedback I get is, you mean I could have just said no if I didn't want to? <laughs> oh my God. You, you, mean, you mean I could just ask for what I want? What a concept. Right. What would that, what would that even look like? <laughs> well, it looks like this. And, and so we, we use psychodrama and act it out. So you be you because be you, that's who you're best at being. <laughs> yep. and, and we have someone else act out the role of the other. And you actually get to act it out and see oh. how it feels to act it out and say it the way your heart tells you to say it. And what I can tell you is sometimes you discover a whole other way. And sometimes you discover, which is also very healing, that you know what? The way you did it was absolutely perfect. You didn't need to change anything. And that, and that gives you choice. And, and that's real. See, it's all about choice in my, in my experience. It is, it is about choice, but it's also about having the clarity with which choose which fork you're going to go in that road. 100%. And a lot, of, you, a lot of us, myself included, get lost in the uh, paralysis by analysis because it's like that is good and that is good and that is bad and that is bad. And just get lost in the minutiae when we're not super clear with our aligned values and mission. and. I, I, I didn't know. I mean, I've, taught, I've been taught a hundred times how to how to find those things, but I didn't understand it completely. When I not. started, when I started doing in depth one on one coaching with accountability, I remember having the conversation with John, and he said his passion is research, write, travel, teach, which is great. 
my passion is enabling people to take their mission and manifest it by being willing to be held accountable to keep their word to themselves, another human being, and God. And it just does magnificent stuff because when you start to show up as your authentic self because you know you're going to have to report in how'd you do did you keep your word to yourself how did it turn out what what could you have done differently or did you what we know even from the inner circle group that we participate with that the power of having an accountability group is so magical and so we create that for people in my tribe and that's your goodest life powerful man it's powerful stuff and listen man listen I apologize because I get running with the kids. So no worries. We this conversation and we shall again. I um, love to. I love you. Listen, I love love because one of my my passion is seeing people get lit on fire, much like yours. And, and my mission is almost identical to yours. My mission is is literally my personal mission is to develop and deliver extraordinary life strategy, but to be able to lead others that are in the midlife triangle of chaos marriage and business to courageously move from that survival that resentment anger frustration fear all that kind of stuff into courageous creation aligned with their values and mission statements it's almost identical but moving them through that and just it's the moment it's the moment that the light goes ding, that changes it all amen and that's the piece that's the piece that i love to see out of you my friend and that's why it's so attractive. When you see people that are lit on fire, they become more attractive to you as opposed to those people that are living in their prison, as you like to say. So go be the dad that I know that you were meant to be. Um, give, give a big hug to your wife. And um, we, we will meet again, as Nima is fond of saying, at the next perfect time the next perfect time indeed. Larry, thanks and namaste. Bye-bye for now. Back at you.